welcome back to It's In You podcast, where our mission is to help reveal the truth of God in you. In this week's episode, we are taking another deep dive into the Word of God. So clear your mind, your heart, and your space, and make way to hear the truth in this week's message. Oh boy. Welcome everyone um, to another Sunday evening. Um, we're getting ready to get into the word and giving God glory for um, for what he's been doing. And then more importantly, to hear um, what he's trying to share with us today. So we welcome each and every person, whether you're watching this um, a replay or if you're watching us live we welcome you in the very same spirit and we pray that god is blessing you abundantly as well um today and each day that we can open our eyes and take a deep breath in it's truly a gift, truly a gift. and we give god all the honor and the glory um, and as we getting ready to start, we want to remind you that this is a Bible study, which means that we welcome um, each person to participate. If you're here live with us, then you'll be able to um, ask questions. But if you're watching the replay, you can most certainly leave a comment in the, um, leave your question in the comment section and we'll do our best to reply to you. Um, because this is an interactive and we understand and our model is that we know that whatever um, God is teaching us is already in you. And so we want you to know that God put something specific in your heart and we want you to exercise what he puts in you so that we can both reason together and we can grow in faith as well. So welcome again um we give god all the praise and all the honor for a new day and we're just going to start out with a brief prayer um pastor can you pray for us okay. heavenly father we thank you for thy grace and mercy we also thank you for yeshua who came in this world and show us the way and open the door for us to get in. And thank you very much that you obey the Father unto the end because you love him. And we ask you, Father, that we may be like that too because we love you. We will go any place. We do anything. So, Father, let your love saturated our spirit. Let your love help us to concentrate in you, to see what you did, why you do it, and why we should love you, because you love us so much. We bless your name. We pray that thy will be done in our spirit, in our life, that we may fulfill your will. Bless, keep, and preserve as you have been from the beginning. 
In your name, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, Avenger, we pray. Amen. 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 I don't know if anybody has a testimony. Be sure now. Now we'll get through this. No testimony. Uh, oh, go ahead, Pastor. I don't, I don't know if, if uh, Naomi, Naomi is okay coming in. And the I, others. Uh, I called her uh, at least three times and it kept saying this caller is not accepting calls. So I texted okay. her. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Moses, too. Moses is busy. They said Moses went to work. So. Me, as usual, I thank God for love. Um, 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 he's teaching me how to love him. Um, and I think Yeshua is the one we must love. We must love him um, um, to the extent that we could do everything for him because he loves us so much. He cares for us so much. He concerned about us so much. Well, Yeshua is the is the is the main source of love for us. By loving Him, well, as we love Him, we will love everything else. Our love is extended to everywhere. That's all I could say. Amen. All right, so um, I think that's all with the testimony. So we're just going to get into the word today. Um, I was selected to bring the word today. And, um, <laughs> and <I'm, laughs> unless Pastor is bringing the word, then. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, sir. That's not what I meant. Um, <laughs> so, um, I um, I've been praying and I've been preparing and asking God for guidance um to what He wanted to talk to us about today, and um, it's been a very interesting journey because I felt like he was preaching to me first um and um he was like you know now that you know this is what you share so um so we're just gonna get into it um I wanted to bring um <laughs> something that I remember doing I remember cooking I remember cooking this meal that I do all the time, which is rice. And um, rice is not so difficult to make, but you have your days when sometimes it could be undercooked where it's like very hard or it's yeah. very mushy um, or it's just, uh, you know, it's not perfect like you would always, like you make it like you would normally make it. Now, if you're following a recipe, it'll probably come out perfect. 
But if you're like me, who's been cooking for a while, um, you have those days where you're like, oh, my cooking was, you know, not on part today. And one of the... I don't have that problem. Oh, Ricardo don't have that problem. So... Just <laughs> <laughs> me. I'm the only one who 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 will burn rice or overcook it or undercook it. Or one of the things that would happen is you either put not enough salt or you put too much salt in there. And now when you when you put when you don't put enough salt, you can you can save the rice, you know? You can probably add some more water with some salt in there, and then I would simmer it and bring the flavor back into the rice. However, when it's salty, I can't remove the salt from the rice. And, you know, we would eat it, and what would happen is I can't consume it. I have to get rid of it completely um because it's um you can't save it from here it's basically destroyed and i realized that when even with my kids i don't care who tries to eat it you realize it's a dish that has been ruined and the normal thing for most of us what we would do is just throw it out but if it's under salted or doesn't have enough salt we can add more and that brought me to my topic for today, the worthy salt. And I been meditating on that word, just trying to understand what that means. And the reason why I say what it means is I want you guys to open with me on Matthew 5, verse 13. Let your soul be Matthew 5 verse 13 Anybody have it you can read it Ye are the salt of the earth But if the salt have lost its savor Wherewith shall he Shall it be salted It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden on the foot of men amen father god we want to thank you so much for giving us this day uh, may your Holy spirit um open our eyes and open our ears to the words that you have prepared for us um may be led by you and only you in jesus name amen, amen. So the verse says, ye are the salt of the earth. In other words, you are the salt. You are the salt of the earth. Not in just your area, but the earth itself. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? If it's lost its savor, meaning it can't be salted, where, how can you salt it again? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. And it got me thinking because this is kind of like the, 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 the opposite of what I brought to you guys 
about my my dilemma with certain cooking because with salting over salting i throw out but this is saying if the salt has lost its flavor how could it be salted in other words it is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men so this one is telling you if there's no salt or not enough salt, it's not flavored, then it's thrown out. And in my context that I'm speaking about, and I showed you guys both, I can save my food if it doesn't have enough salt. Um, if it's if it's something liquidy, for example, and I started thinking, okay, like let me look at it in both ways. If if I'm making soup and it's too salty. If it's a liquidy food, I can actually kind of save it. I can add more water and it would dilute it for me. But if I'm doing, um, making rice or something like that, and I added too much salt, I can't add more water to it to dilute it because now it's just going to be a whole mess and I'm nobody's drinking soup rice, you know? So I would have to keep it that way for us to be able to consume it. Maybe another way would be to take half of it and then cook another rice and mix it up. I mean, that's a whole nother process that we could think of, but really it's unsalvageable, meaning you gotta get rid of it. But Christ in this moment said something to us that ye are the salt of the world. And I wanted to explore the world, the word salt. And I wanted to understand what does salt mean and how does it, um, how does it act? Because if we're something, we have to understand what that something is. If we are the salt, then I need to know what is a salt for me to be salted, right? Because apparently I can't cook my rice good enough without adding too much salt or not enough salt sometimes. And I need to have the perfect amount of measurement so I am not being trodden under the foot of men. So I looked up the definition of salt and it said it is a white crystalline substance that gives seawater its characteristic taste and is used for seasoning or preserving food. It is a hypersaline body of water containing higher saline levels than that of oceans. Hypersaline meaning it's a lot of salt. The salinity is caused by the concentration of sodium chloride, which is another word for salt or other salts. These bodies of water lack outputs, meaning that they lose water only through evaporation, a process which leaves mineral salts behind. So I wanted to do a little teaching in the, in the process of us trying to learn what God is telling us. I wanted, I wanted us to really understand this word salt. So this is the concrete definition, meaning the definition the world gives when it comes to how we use salt. And I said, okay, like, let me get like a spiritual definition of that word. And it also says spiritually, um, it says in various contexts, it is used metaphorically to signify permanence, loyalty, durability, fidelity, usefulness, value, and purification and purification 
not very similar to the earthly definition of salt a little bit different other than the purification that i can see um um the relationship between the salt in the world and the salt spiritually speaking although we're speaking quote unquote the very same word the word that applies to what i use it for and in the word that i that christ is using to try to help us understand who we are um as spiritual beings so i said okay fine now i know what salt mean and i i get that it's something that is supposed to preserve something that's supposed to give flavor um I need to know more so I went a little bit a little bit further so I started to think about different seas seas that are salty those that are not and how do they work in our day-to-day -day life so I want you guys to first know ocean have a 3.5 percent salinity and whenever I use the word salinity it means salt okay so 3.5% salinity, which is modest compared to some of the world's saline bodies of water. So I said, okay, so 3.5% is technically a very healthy sea. Things can thrive in it. I don't know if you guys remember in the passage when we talk about the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea was mentioned in the Old Testament during the Israelites. It's part of the, in the Middle East where um, um, Jerusalem, it kind of, it kind of borders Jerusalem. And they, the Israelites had to go through this sea. Um, but there was something significant about that sea that I remember being mentioned. And so I wanted to explore that a little bit. Before I get into it. I said, what is the saltiest body of water on earth? And I've learned that the saltiest body of water is called Don Juan Pod. I never knew this, but I was like, okay, this is very interesting. We learned earlier that I told you 3.5% is the salinity of ocean. But the salinity of Don Juan Pond, and this is located in, Ar in, in Antarctica, it is 40% salinity. The pond has a salinity level of more than 40%, which keeps the pond from completely freezing, even in the Antarctic winters. That is so interesting. Like, 40% is not good, <laughs> apparently. Like, when we try to get ice to melt, one of the things that we use is salt to throw on the floor, and that would just kind of help the, the, the ice to melt for you and turn back into water or keep the ice from freezing to become from becoming ice in terms. So this pond here is just 40% in comparison to 3.5%. And I'm going to explain to you why there is such a big difference and why that is a bad thing. The Dead Sea, and I, and I know a lot of you guys already know what the Dead Sea is, but I, I'm just going to break down some points about the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea in the Bible, we learn, borders the Promised Land in the Middle East. This is the sea that has, it has many names. And one of the names, they called it Araba. And Araba means wasteland or barren district. A famous, it's a famous um, lake named for the absence of life forms. 
Only bacteria thrive in the lake and its muds, which contains high concentrations of minerals. It is popular just for cosmetic and therapeutic purposes. The Dead Sea is renowned for its um, buoyancy, which makes people float and um, consequently attracts lots of visitors. They have researchers that walk along the bank of the Dead Sea and one is, um, is one of the Earth's saltiest body of water and it is nearly 10 times saltier than the ocean. There is no such thing as swimming in the Dead Sea because um, the Dead Sea is 30% salt. It is 30% salt. It is bordered by the Jordan to the east and by Israel-Palestine to the west. The Dead Sea is landlocked lake rather than a true sea and is recognized as one of the saltiest bodies of water on earth. Meaning, water can only flow in, however, it cannot flow out. So the only way that it can flow is through the process of evaporation which makes it salt content, um, which makes it salt content concentrated. So let's imagine. Mm -hmm. Concentration. Right. So if you have a body of water, or if I'm boiling water right now and the salt were to be in the, in the water and it's boiling, what's happening is evaporating and the salt would be left behind. Some, and it would just get saltier, right? The less the water, the more the salt is getting, the less the water, the more the salt is concentrated on. They're making it very salty. So this is what's happening to this pond, the Dead Sea itself. It is, can't go nowhere. Things are flowing in, but they're not going on anywhere. And the only way that you see that it evapor um, it lessens or it moves or it looks like it's moving is through the process of evaporation, which keeps it to be very salted. So I said, so where are where is the sea getting the salt in the very first place? So we said the Dead Sea salt content is derived from rocks on the land that are eroded by rainwater. These acids slowly breaks the rocks down over time, creating charged particles called ions that eventually find their way to Dead Sea, oceans, and other bodies of water through runoff. So imagine like this water have these rocks nearby and they're being eroded by the rainwater. So this is what's falling into the, the, the ocean or the lake. So when the process of evaporation is happening, you just find the salt content is continuously high because this process is cyclical. It keeps happening. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. And I want you guys to take a good, like, listen about, like, what the salt mean and how does it work um, in the sea. Because the salt is so high in salinity, what happened is no life forms can survive in there. Um, could, I, could I ask you a question? Sure. Um, you already asked the question already, but I want to you go back to that question. Where do the the sea get these salt? Right from the rocks on the land that are eroded by rainwater. I mean, you're talking the sea itself. Yes. I'm talking the ocean. Yes. Okay. Another word. 
So <laughs> keep your thought, you know. Yes. I, I have a question. Um, if the right. sea. I, I feel like I know where you're going because I. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, if the sea get the water, the ocean get the salt from the from the rock, but where do the rock get the get, get where 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 that the erosion coming from? Where where is the source? Of that erosion of that the of that um of that rock that of that stone that are eroded where do they where you get the source for for the for the stone itself well from what i understand it's saying from the rain water like from the, the rain that's going on the rock it erodes and as it erodes that's the substance that goes into the ocean causing the ocean. it to be salty right what about the what about the 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 um the the dead sea that's what i mean that's that's how the sea is getting you asking where does the ocean itself get so salt not the dead sea no the dead sea it seemed to me it seemed to me the dead sea also is a is a producer of salt which um, emerge or we translate to the sea. Well, I mean, it's basically if you were to look at a, if you take water in the back of your pond. You no, that's not what I'm talking about. The thing is, if you were to take a bucket of water and just throw it in the backyard, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And you let it, let it evaporate over time. It may be clean water, but that water will become salty because it takes so the, the mm -hmm. as the yeah, but, I'm saying in just think about it, the Dead Sea itself is just a pond, a very right. large pond. That's not going. When you're asking about the ocean, it's the same concept. Well, no, that's not what I'm talking about. What you are driving at to me, what I'm what I was driving at is that the the ocean um is one part. The Dead Sea is another part, but the Dead Sea is so so salty. It has something to do also with the ocean. Yeah, because to, trans to transmit to transmit the the residue of the soil. Well, because it can't the because it rain, where it rains. That, that's what I'm. It's <laughs> usually rainwater goes back to the ocean, but when you that's right. Lakes don't get to go back to the ocean. No, no, but because what he's what she's saying, he, he, the water, he, the only way the the sea, the water, um, that ocean or that pond yeah. could uh, uh, for, to to give way the 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 soil by evaporation. Right, or if it then the evaporation coming up. Which is go back to the to the water, which is rain, yeah. which is rain, and from then that rain transfer that salt, which he pick up from the Dead Sea to the ocean. Oh no, no! I think I see what you're saying that the you're saying that the rain carried the salt. No, I think the way yes. the way you should understand it is first. Let's go back to the ocean water. Ocean water 
is what is the source of rain. It's not the opposite direction. Right? All that's right, that's right, that's right. Go ahead, go ahead. So water, all the, the water comes from the ocean. When it when it water that's right. creates clouds, clouds creates rain. Now, what is the salt content of all ocean water is because the the seabed itself has minerals that create salt. So every all of the world has a concentration of salt because the earth is sodium first. So it's, it's the earth, water, rain, and then that creates us all the different contents that's in the water. Why you have fresh water is because when it rains and instead of falling into the ocean. No, don't, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't, don't go there. Don't. That all water, you should think of all salt. All oceans should be. What I'm saying is there's only, say, 1% of the world that's fresh water because of this clean rain that's filtered. That's There's no mixing of salt in it because it goes through rocks and such and such. That's why you have clean water that you could drink. But all ocean water is because of all of the stuff that's in it. So there's going to be a large amount of sodium regardless of wherever you have it. Why is it more ocean? What happens in the pond is because there's no way for the water to go back to the ocean to mix the concentration of salt. It's continuing. Okay. I'll keep you up, please. I'm sorry. We, we have to go there because there, there is a, a keep you up. Keep you up. No, Don't I'm miss your point, please. <laughs> I'm sorry to keep it done because don't miss your point. I hear what you're saying. Um, a good distinction. The difference is there's no lake. I mean, there's no river from the lake. To the I understand. I understand. I understand what I'm trying to inject is that when the evaporation happened to the lake, to the pond, it goes up. It also mixed with the evaporation of the seawater because the seawater also evaporate. This is why it become cloud. Yeah. It went up, but it's coming back as rain. However, however, oh, wow, Miss Kelly coming. <laughs> oh, right, that's a very, very, um, are, are you guys with me? Yes. Yeah, we're with you. Welcome, Miss Kelly. Welcome, 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 Miss Kelly. Welcome. Um, when the when the lake or uh, that pond evaporate, right? You also the evaporation of the lake, which is very concentrated in salt, also mix up with the evaporation of the ocean also well, and it turned back rain well Pastor, you have to take up distilled water when you boil water what's what goes up is fresh water what's no that's not what i'm talking that's not what i'm talking about what i'm talking about no that's not what i'm talking about that's not what i'm talking about what I'm talking about is about the mix-up of the evaporation when he went to when when he turned to crowd when the evaporation come to crowd right yeah he don't have 
they do not have a, a particular place for the water for the rain to fall. The rain falls both, both on the pond as well as on the ocean. So both of them get the water. But that water is concentrated. The word that, that water is concentrated. That water is concentrated with salt. Both, both of them, whether the pond, whether the sea, except the sea has a big body. When the water of the pond, which is evaporate, fall in the sea, it has enough place. It has enough. The, the water of the sea could dilute it. Could take take out more. Yeah. Of this the sea. I'm I, I see I think I know what you're saying. I'm just explaining in the sense that all condensation has the same concentration of fresh water. It's just rain. Cause mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. So it's like all any even if it's not in the pond, even the water that's on the street, it's just condensation. Water that goes down to the sewage, when it goes back into the to the to the ocean. Whatever it is, once you boil water, it has the same concentration. It's just it's whatever is in the air is the same thing. It's just rainwater. Now, when you have such as no, no, it's not. Once he once he's in the water, uh -huh. um, um, uh, here is what here is what happened here. Um, have you guys see what happened in Canada, right? Have you guys take a peek in Canada or in the, um, by the Great Lake? On the Great Lake, what happened to the Great Lake? No, what happened? Which is in, which is in New York, up there. Mm -hmm. When the, the, um, the water, because of some sort of things going on, he give a, um, when the rain fall, he turned to acid. Mm -hmm. The rain turned to acid. That is happening and, and greatly. That's why many places cannot grow, which I'm glad you already mentioned, where the water, where the sea, where the, the, the soil is concentrated, there is no much life there. Uh, yeah, well. There is no much life. The acid rain is is not necessarily coming from the ocean. It's coming from chemicals that that we. Yes, 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 yes. Agree, 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 agree. That's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. Only the only way. No, we don't want to spend too much time on that because that could be more. Let let she go then to draw point. Let us keep us. This is this. Um, science, I'm not gonna stop, so I'm gonna turn it off. <laughs> I think they, they all work hand in hand. For you to understand how God operates, you have to understand His science behind everything. Because when we can analyze the things that are before us, we can also get a deep understanding. Because Christ didn't use something foreign to us to give a metaphor he gave something 
that we deal with on a day-to-day basis that we can use, that we can study and observe so we can understand what he means by our spirit, our spiritual being. So it all works hand in hand. And the more you know about science, the more it reveals about God. So consequences of high water salinity, as I was telling you guys, is just basically you don't have enough life forms. And in places where people consume high water with high salinity levels, they are rendered vulnerable to certain things like hypertension. And you guys know when you eat too much salt, that's what happens to your body because we are a body of water as well. Um, 70% of our body is made of water. So the less water you have in your body, the more concentration of salt could be in your body and vice versa. You could have a lack of salt in your body. And here's the, here's the ultimate question I asked myself. Is it better to be salty or unsalted? So, no salt is obviously a problem. If we read in Luke 14, verse 34 to 35, you guys can open it. Um, Luke 14, verse 34 to 35. It says, salt is good, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land, nor yet for the dunghill, but the man cast it out. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its savor, where should it be seen? The same verse that I read earlier in Matthew 5, verse 13. Hmm? But it's, the only difference is it already identified who is the salt. You are the You? The, the analogy you give about the cooking is 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 somewhat is somewhat separate from what Christ is really saying. Mm-hmm. It is. It is separate from what Christ said because you um the analogy that you give is about the food. Mm-hmm. But Christ is not talking about the food. Mm-hmm. He's talking about you. In other words, you are the soul. Right. It's a specific point. It's, it's you. Right. In other words, I am. I am the soul. So the reason why I brought up the analogy is that I want you to understand the purpose of the salt. Okay. The salt has a purpose and it can okay. do three things. Okay. And under salt, you can over salt. Okay. And you could give the right amount of salt. 
Okay. Christ okay. talked about the salt losing its flavor. And it is something that you cast out. So I wanted to understand in the very same manner, even though we were talking about food, I am yes. focused on the purpose of that salt and how much it can affect what I do with the food. Mm -hmm. I can, mm -hmm. I threw out my food because it was salty. Mm -hmm. I went to look for more salt when I didn't mm -hmm. have enough. Mm -hmm. I ate all my food when it was perfect. Mm -hmm. But could it be the same for us? This is why we're going into this. <laughs> <laughs> the topic today, remember what the topic is called, the worthy salt. Okay? And I want you guys to like stick with me from the analogy, the sea, the ocean and coming back into Christ because we're, they're all connected and I'm going to help you guys to see what God had put in my mind to express. I asked a question earlier and I said, is it better to be salty or unsalted? Right? And I already told you no salt is a problem, meaning a salt that has no flavor, a salt don't have a purpose. It's a problem. Because it cannot season. It's not fit for the land and is yet for the dunghill. Dunghill, nothing. Garbage. But men cast He who has ears, let him hear. So I said, all right, fine. No salt is a problem. So if you said salty is better to be salty. <laughs> so. That's a problem. <laughs> I think in that context. The gradients is on the power of the salt, not, right. not necessarily how salty or unsalty the food is. So it's basically saying that you're, you're, you, us who Christ has chosen to be the salt, the salt itself has a specific gradients. Amen. So to be salty is to be the point the point is you have to be naturally salty in the essence of thinking like this like your concentration of god has to be high you're to affect the people around you ah, now you you coming now you coming now you coming is low then you're worthless to god's work so that's the that's the context i read it in yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. My question with that is, can salt be not salty, right? Yes, I think that's the key. The, the message is that you can lose your flavor. You can lose. That, that. That's right. That's right. That's right. You could look, you could use your, you, but actually he's talking about your conduct. Right. Yeah. Actually, he's talking about your conduct. When we break it down, when we're trying to understand what the salt actually is, um, it is the savor. Like you said, your conduct, your way of doing things when it comes to what Christ has called you to be, or your, your, your it's, it's this because he also talked about the, 
the light, which passed their yes, context that we're 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 trying to uh, minimize into men idea of how we live our day-to-day -day life now i didn't i wasn't concentrating more so on the flavor of the salt but rather of the purpose of how act upon the things around it i don't think it still take away from the definition of whether we're looking at it as the salt itself in this gradients or the salt with this gradients already set and how it applies to how much you put out you know Either way, we're still going to come out with the same idea of what I believe Christ is trying to tell us. I Go think, ahead. I think the key word is when you say he lost flavor, is you have to take into um, con what's the word? context. That is probably in the sense of saying the word salt is meant to mean seasoning. And when you think about it in that perspective, if the season, if your season gets bland, if you put, if you fix, you make your own seasoning and you don't put enough of a certain amount of flavor, it's like, yeah, yeah, you messed up the soup because <laughs> it's, it's, it's worthless. So I think what Christ is basically using that world perspective, everybody understands seasoning in those days, especially Judaism, we're very big on salt because that's the only thing, the method you have to cleaning food in those days. Well, what about the West Indian? West Indian also. West Indian people. I'm just saying, like, in the old days, salt was a very... I mean, that is the most precious season. Precious. Spice. This is precious. Yeah. This is precious. Spice. Well, not in the old days. Today. All day. West Indian. West Indian. West Indian. Everywhere. Everywhere. It's everywhere. Everybody needs... It's not a single culture that doesn't need salt. Salt is the most common... Every culture... Has salt. We all carry salt from every every continent. You find salt. So salt is a very common thing that every human, all mankind requires for meat, requires to clean food. So it's a very common thing. It's the most common thing. Is I think again that's a good point to show that Christ is trying to be extremely plain with it because he. This is one thing that everybody can uh, um, associate. So the basis of it is to say to, to us is to understand our our purpose. He's speaking about us as a as a tool. We are the salt of the earth. Meaning that we are set aside to flavor the rest of the world, which is which requires which doesn't have enough salt, basically, in that perspective. Or if we don't in us in ourselves have enough of the salt of God in it, then we are not flavoring the the, the world. I think that's the way. I have a question. I have a question. Go back to your to your point again. Um, if you have too much salt, is a problem. If you don't have salt, is a problem. Why is it a problem? Which you give an explanation, but I wanted to give, I want you to come up spiritually. I want you to implement it for me, but give me answer spiritually. If you have a problem, and not only to give it to me spiritually, but also to give me example. Okay. 
facts. Just facts. You give me facts about the food. Now I want facts about human being. Because actually Christ is talking about human being. Um, well, I was starting to think about saltiness as, I don't know if you guys ever heard the term, not a term, but a saying that people would normally say to somebody, oh, you're so salty. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. Um, and usually that context comes from when somebody says something that sounds offensive or the person seems a bit bitter and you would use that saying to say you kind of salty today you know meaning you left a bad taste in my mouth and so when i think of that word i think when it comes to saltiness and spiritual when we talk about spiritual it's always by what through your actions, right? When we talk about spiritual, what is in you comes out from how you act. And so if I'm salty, then I'm referring to offensives, anger, self-hatred, guilt, shame, pride, you know, hate. These are things that focus more on the saltier side of being salty. Right. So we're talking about a, a spectrum and we could talk about the gradients of a salt, too. But um, I didn't look at it like, again, I didn't look at it from the context of the salt itself, but rather the how the salt is used and how it can um, manipulate or affect the things around it based on how much of it you use or how much of it you don't. So for me. I think of me being the salt, how I flavor the world, I can give off, come across salty. I can come across very hateful. These, these are the things that I believe Christ was also referring to. And that not being salty could also be a lack of uh, spiritual fervor or lack of... Um, how can I put it better in better terms? Like you lack under not just understanding, but you lack the what God is trying to use you for. Like you're you become you're not purposeful. In other words, you can't be used because you you you're not even using the salt that you are to the purpose or to the extent that Christ has called you to. So, sorry if I I would. If I was to read that context correctly, I think the idea might want to be very salty. And I know I know when you take the idea of salty. No, I understand what you mean because you're looking at the salt itself. No, the I mean, no, I, I, the salt. I'm not. What I'm saying is, I the the context of saltiness saltiness which is a negative connotation related to as you say bitterness whereas in this context it's using the concept of salt as a as you said gradient so the lack of the potency of the salt is what you don't want you want to be strong in salt so it's like it's basically saying um your vigor spiritual 
vigor, meaning that your your spiritual connection to God has to be at its highest. Because you are a salt of the world, that means you, as a child of Christ, you are a disciple of Christ, are set aside. You are so set aside that you are salty, bitter, in the sense that you're strong. It's like saying if you were to drink pure wine at its purest form, it's extremely, uh, not not wine, what's the strongest drink you can think of? Uh, highest 100% proof, there's diluted wine, the same way as diluted salt. There's salt that is much stronger than others, like, okay, sea salt is much stronger than regular table salt. So that would be the best salt you want. And the less the salt is, it's a good example, actually, there are cheaper salts and you have to put more salt to make it food work. And you have sea salt, which is very strong. You, very, you put very little of it and it's strong. So it's that concept that you... That I, would, I would go... I would go... I would let you to go back. I would let you to go back to the definition of the salt itself you gave before. The definition of the salt. Um, it says a white, a white crystalline substance that gives seawater its characteristic taste and is used for seasoning or preserving food. Go back to the other one, the 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 the, the other the other definition. You not def, yeah definition. You come up this salt itself, which you have the word purification in it. There is a word you use you find which has purified. Yeah, the spiritual definition. Um, it says it is used metaphorically to signify permanence, loyalty, durability, fidelity, usefulness, value, and purification. Purification. Now, um, in purification, there is a little something there we could pick up in the word purification. What are the quality? In other words, you are giving me the quality of the soul. Am I right? You are giving me the quality of the soul. When it comes to us, when it comes to our spiritual. That's why. That's why. When it comes to us, because remember, Christ was related. When Christ, the man, the 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 metaphor that Christ used, or the analogy Christ used. He used us as salt. But salt to who? Which we kind of come up with. To human being. To salt. In other words, it is back again to your purpose. Our purpose is to solve them. Solve them with what? Purification is, I guess that's Spiritual purification. Where do we get that? From the source. Go back to Ricardo again. Go back to Ricardo. Ricardo already mentioned. In essence, God is the purest salt. He is the ultimate salt. <laughs> we are great. <laughs> so if, if you were talking about salt, God would be the biggest salt rock. <laughs> and we are pieces of that salt rock. So therefore then, so therefore then, the quality of God, 
the purification of God, the righteousness of God, the justice of God, the love of God. This is Saul. This is Saul now we're talking. That is part of us. By having that, go ahead. Somebody talking. Yeah, pass. Um, uh, is somebody going to talk too? I think. I she was talking outside the phone. Okay. It, it, the the purification, the quality of God, reflect to us for us to be an example to others. In other words, to sort it the others with those type of purification, with the type of quality. But if we don't have righteousness in us, if we don't have love in us, which is the, 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 the purpose, the purpose indeed, <laughs> go back to that purpose business. If we don't have that, what are we going to do? Right. So, I mean, I think although we're, we're, we're all looking at it from different angles, right? And I'm, and I'm 100% sure the angle that you guys are on is exactly what God, Christ was saying, is saying. Um, I feel like we're still going to lead to the same point that I believe Christ is trying to express to us. So when we understand that, that salt is has a purpose, if I'm salt and I'm supposed to season, but I can't season, I don't have a purpose. I'm not doing what I was created to do in the very first place. So uh -oh. here is a issue. Here That's is cool. a problem. So then I asked myself this question and I said, how can you make a dead sea alive again? And the wow. death wow. Is or live like the sea wow. alive is to to live again. So how can you make a dead sea alive again? And I think that's the same question we were asking in context with the salt. How can I make a salt that lacks its flavor be salty again, so that it could be purposeful? And that's why I brought up the analogy because there is something that we can do. If something is not salty enough, I can just continue to add salt until it has enough flavor. But we're talking about ourselves who doesn't have salt. The salt doesn't have its flavor. How can I make that flavor full? <laughs> I feel like the point still comes together for us to understand what it means to find that flavor again. And that flavor cannot be what I described to you in my analogy earlier today. I just cannot add more salt to make, no. it, to make it saltier. That's no. what's going to help me. I actually cannot even unsalt my food so here's two 
things. And that's why I brought the analogy to show our limitations when it comes to us as a human, when it comes to us as just being, right? Just being means you don't know what you are. You don't know where you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to act in the world today. And so I was saying, all right, fine. Now I realize where my limitation is. How do I fulfill the purpose that Christ has called me as the salt? Meanwhile, we're all sitting here unflavorful. How can we be flavorful again? And we already said that already in the beginning. Yeah, through Christ. But how? Right? Wow, that's a good question. Very good question. It would need to be unsalted or more, like, if we were to add more water to the Dead Sea, would it be less salty? Here's a simple Absolutely. The more water I add, the less salty it can get. In other words, it would need to be unsalty or, or more water would need to be added again to bring the equilibrium to the salt spectrum. Meaning the salt to unsalty spectrum, trying to get it to the right amount of salt content within the sea so that it can now th have life thrive in it again. But the question still remains. This is a dead sea. How can I make something that is dead be alive again? Something that is salty or unsalted to be flavorful again. So I so Christ led me to, <laughs> I believe God led me to read this passage here. And I think... Um, it's in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. And it's not going to sound like what we, like the answer is going to be obvious, but I'm going to show you how it relates to the question that we're asking. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. And it says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness therefore i will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that christ's power may rest on me when that verse came to me it came to me through a sermon i was listening to and it was talking about weakness and I sit here and I started thinking about myself and I, one of the things that I have a, um, a problem with or uh, just issues, just dealing, trying to fix are the weaknesses in my life. And the more I point out my weaknesses, the more weaknesses that are revealed within me. So I, I'm sitting here and I'm talking to myself and I'm saying, but God, like, I'm so weak. Like, how can I ever do anything in life in my weakness? Because there's no way that I can just figure things out 
on my own. And here, where Paul is talking, and he said, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, because here's what Christ says. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. To not have enough salt, to not be purposeful or to not have enough flavor, is that a strength or weakness? Um, Go ahead, Pastor. Um, <laughs> I, I, I find myself in a position which I call contradiction. Mm -hmm. I find myself in a position to with a contradiction. The context in which Corinthian Paul was talking is a different context. Mm -hmm. It's a different text of the topic that we are dealing with. Mm -hmm. It is a different context. Uh, the verse which I would use for the context in which we are now mm -hmm. is in the book of John. You must be born again. You must be born again because we're talking about death now. But you are alive already. You are alive already. However, there is a weakness coming up. That weakness doesn't mean that does not mean you're not alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, you are fulfilling your purpose. But there is a weakness. Now we have to find the source of the weakness. The source of the weakness is not because you are not dead. That means it's not because you are not alive. Mm -hmm. Is it because there are latter complications coming in your in your life which um you yourself cannot overcome? Right. And that's why Christ said. My grace is sufficient to help you overcome those promise, those um, difficulties that are coming to you. Right. So Christ now is helping you because you are alive already, is giving you the, the strength either to bear it or to overcome it. But is Christ is doing that job to you. Amen. But you are already, you're already alive. But now we're talking about dead. Mm -hmm. well, when you dead, you dead. I think to overcome the dead sea, you have to be. This is why Christ came. Christ came in order to bring us alive. So once He bring us alive, now we start to have the life. He might not be strong though. He might not that be strong the way we should have it. But we are alive. Now Christ is waking on that life. He's waking in that life. So Paul, in fact, what happened to Paul is that Paul already life. However, he has some difficulty with his belly. He has a sickness. And probably just like me, he has an ulcer. And he has a pain and he asked God to cure him. Cure the body. Three times, yeah. 
on the body, God said, that sickness you have in your body, it has its purpose. Because in fact, the purpose of that, if that sickness was not in Paul's life, he would exact himself, promote himself, because if he's a very eloquent guy, is a very, he would be puffed off. He would be puffed off. So God keep him there in order to make him humble. So he might not go over his head. So God said, my grace is sufficient for you. <laughs> my grace is, but now the context and with the text in which you are now, <laughs> dead is dead. You, you have no, no life in you. But now you have life. Amen. You have life. And, and that, life may, that life may encounter difficulty. Just is not you alone, it's everybody. I have it too. I have, I have a lot of difficulty. But that doesn't mean I'm not alive. And in fact, through that difficulty, the Lord will make a way for me Amen. to overcome it little by little. Little by little. So there is a, there is a conflict because the, the text and the context don't match. Understand. Um, the text and the context don't match. I would I actually, I take it the opposite in that I think the context, the original context of the scripture, when Christ says um, the salt is unflavored, to when um, Christ is talking to Paul saying, My grace is sufficient. In my, I take that to say that though you are unsalted, Right? So in the sense that Paul is weak in his salt, that through God's grace, he can impure your saltiness within you. So my grace is, a, is sufficient for your lack of salt. Now, comparing to what you're speaking of the dead salt, this is a completely different thing. I'm just saying that I, when I read that, the first thing I think is what Christ actually was meaning to say that he doesn't want us to be lacking, though we are lacking. Right. He's going to fill the lack. Right. So when he's talking to Paul, he's saying that when Paul says is is, is questioning the, the the his own ability and his own presence and his own understanding is Christ saying you're not questioning you, you're questioning me. Is I'm not sending you, I'm sending me. You're in my place. So it's my saltiness. So I'm putting those together is you're not salty. I don't want you. I, I want to use you in with my salt. Correct. So it's like I'm, I'm putting two different kinds. I think we, it's a lot of conflicting concepts. And I, I see where both sides are going. Is it a conflict? Is it is a contradiction coming up? I, I, is it? This is why. Yeah, go ahead, Pastor. The contradiction is that the contradiction happened here is that Paul, remember Paul healed people. I, I, I'm using the word Paul healed people. Paul don't heal people. God used Paul to heal people. Okay, so we're going to... Uh, not only use Paul... 
we're gonna use that. I'm sorry to 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 hold your point, and I and I think it's very important that you said mm -hmm. Paul don't heal people. That's right. Don't flavor. It's God using. We don't flavor. No, it's, it's God using. God is using no. us in what our strength is. God using us in our. That's right. <laughs> no. No say, no say, no say. We don't have no strength. Weakness, and yet he calls us to be salt. And that's why I brought up this Paul passage, because I first wanted to point out that we are all without salt. Whether dead or alive, we still are lacking to a, a measure. In other words, one can have just a little bit more, one has a little bit less, one has nothing, one has greater. It's just, we are in that spectrum and yet we're still asked to be purposeful. He's still using us in our weakness because his grace is sufficient in our weaknesses. In other words, in other words, and this is how it came to me, like I now understand, 100% where you're coming from, Pastor, is not at all. Like, I I definitely started um, when you said it that way. But again, the way I felt the message came to me, even though the context did not fit what um, the message about. And that's what I said to you guys when we read it. And I said that. I said it's not going to look like it matches my topic for what I'm talking about. Because there is something about it that I wanted you guys to see because I sat here and I asked myself can I make myself salty or unsalty can I do that meaning if no, was Christ if I didn't or there's Christ and I just did not know about him can I myself just walk within my strength to do the things that I'm supposed or were called to do absolutely not better yet no even further away from the purpose that God has called me onto. And so that's when I realized, I said, no matter how much I feel that I am salted, no matter how much that I feel that I am salted, I will never be as salted as Christ was. It is a weakness. It is something that we must deal with for the rest of our lives until the day that we get the new body that he has given us. I will never attain perfection. And this is why I called it the worthy salt or the perfect salt. The perfect salt was only one person who was that. The one who is able to salt the world and give us salt so we could be a little salty here and there. That was only one person that was able to do that. I want you guys to also read with me because I said, okay, before I lose my trail of thought. I was looking at God and I said, he is the only one that knows the right amount of measure of salt to give each person sitting here. You may not need all that salt. I may need a lot. You may need 
just a little bit more or you know but you're still flavoring i may need a whole lot to flavor in the way that he wants me to work he could have easily told paul i will take this away so that you could be purposeful and yet he did not and he was still purposeful so how do i understand salt if I don't understand what Christ meant when he's talking about weakness and how it was grace <laughs> that was sufficient in that moment for him to still be able to move forward and live according to the purpose that God has called him unto. I am a salt, but I have a quantity that God thinks is enough for me and a quantity that is enough for you. In Colossians 4, verse 6, it says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. When we season with salt, like let, let's 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 speak about our food. When we season our salt, do we put the same amount of salt on all our food? No. Do I put a teaspoon of salt on all the food that I make? Absolutely. Yeah. If I'm making a big pot of food, am I putting a teaspoon of salt only? If I'm making a little pot of food, am I putting a teaspoon of salt in that food? No. For the little food, I'm putting a pinch, a couple pinches until it has the flavor that I'm looking for. A bigger pot, I'm probably putting two, three tablespoons in there to give the flavor that it's looking for. He said, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. And when I started to read that, I said, in other words, you have to know how to use your salt in the context of people around you, in the context of your purpose, in the context of how you motivate people, how you move people based on the situation that God has placed you in or that's before you. I have come to understand that salt comes in almost every variation in the way I speak, in the, my conduct, in the way that I act. In all these things, I supposed to have enough salt to know how to um, live, in other words, because we did talk about the Dead Sea. We talked about how can I make the sea alive again if it is dead. So I'm also in the same context of going in the spectrum or the direction of life, what are the things that are needed or necessary or the ingredients necessary for me to get flavorful? Because really and truly, this question still has not been fully answered yet because we did ask, how can I make salt flavorful again? We did talk about Christ and Pastor definitely brought up the topic of you have to be born again for sure. These are all, these are all standpoints because that's the beginning, right? I'm alive again and yet I'm still asking myself that question even after I have been born again. Yeah. I feel yeah. lack of salt. I still feel like I'm battling 
uh, um, right and wrong, choosing life over death. It is still yet a battle with me because it is still a weakness in me because of the flesh that I live in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. I understand my flesh is always going to be that weakness, but my spirit. Aha! But my Aha. spirit. Aha! Has Aha. It is two different things. It is the weakness that I am stuck in. But I guarantee you when that day comes, when my body is free, when my spirit is free from the body, there will not be no limitations. So the weakness that I am in is still something that is graced upon us because how can you prove God if you're already perfect? Magic. We are perfect. We are perfect. Uh, we are pure. Because Christ says so. It is finished. Mm -hmm. The job is finished. To for purification. Purification already occurred in us. However, however, we live in, in a body mm -hmm. that have limitation. And not only in the body that have limitation, but we live in, as Ricardo put it long ago, long ago, Ricardo put it, we, we are devil. We born our, our culture is pure is pure evil. It's pure evil. However, we have to contemplating the power, the amount of power that God Himself has. Right now we have to shift from our own limitation and go back to the power mm -hmm. that God himself has over our body, over our own will, our own thinking, our own way of life, our own way of doing things. And I think also go back to that same verse which he said, my grace is sufficient for you. In that context, you could see God is overcome all our limitation by put us to a place where we could see our failure. I would add, simply put, is that we, after receiving, after being born again, we are pure. We are perfect but we live our spirit lives in the dead body right <laughs> oh lord you could you could put it so beautiful you could, you could put it so beautiful uh, in a dead vessel and and that vessel full with pack with so many so many things and remember also 
I spoke to you guys about that. We are a free agent. You understand the free agent we are. In other words, we have evil thought coming to us. Evil thing coming to us to execute it. And now we end up fighting. We end up fighting within ourselves to do the right thing, to do the wrong thing. We end up the spirit of beauty, the spirit of life, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of love that we possess right now. End up fighting with the spirit of hate, which we already have from the beginning. The spirit of selfishness, which you already have from the beginning. The spirit of the body is given, so which we have all that is that's where we born. That's why David put it. Here's why David put it. He said, I was born in sin and I raised in iniquity. So David already have those kind of confliction. And the same thing, Paul, too. However, 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 we are new. This is, I would say, this is a key for us to overcome ladder situation come to us. I don't want to use the word devil. I don't want to use the word devil because the devil is not doing nothing. Is we doing, we, we are fighting with ourselves. Is we have to convince ourselves to the word of God that we are more than conquer. Amen. Well, the devil is we convince the devil within yourself. So if you want to say the devil. Well, that's why I don't want to use this. you. <laughs> The dead body that wants to kill your spirit. The, the yes. Part of you that is meant to die. That's the goal. The goal is for it to kill you. I, I think what I said last Sunday is for you to die in your body. To die in spirit. Yes. In the devil within you. So the goal is for you to not acknowledge the truth within yourself. So the saltiness in you is 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 what the devil wants to kill the devil that is <clears throat> not what it yes. is yes 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 not the devil is you is you is the weakness which uh, already mentioned the flesh is weak the flesh is yes right although paul was talking about something maybe very very specific no matter how he look at it, it's still going to be because of the flesh. Yes. Right? Yes, sir. I so, I when we're talking about weakness, we're really talking about the flesh itself. But then he said yes, something sir. I felt was necessary in our growth process when we're talking about the spiritual part of our lives, living with the dead part or the fleshly part <laughs> of ourselves. And that is, he said, I will boast all the ma all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power, Amen. 
on me. Not anyone's power. Not anyone. He's he did something that no, no. we all need to do. Our focus, our strength, our salt, our love, our joy, our peace. Everything that you need to find will come when I let it go. What I cannot do myself. And allow the power of Christ. Amen. Amen. To lead me, to give me that power that I cannot possess on my own. That is where we find power in weakness. That's right. That is where I find my salty in my unsaltiness. That is where I understand my purpose, although I am not all of it yet. I have not attained yes, that level yet. And yet I am still being used. I am still being called. Amen. Being called while falling. I am being called while fighting. That's right. I'm not called while I'm perfect yet. I'm perfect in No, no, no. I am perfect in, in Christ. Christ. In grace. Not on my own. My no. salt is never Correct. going to be the right salt. I am just, he graced me and he made me worthy. He gave me enough grace to be worthy in the very state that I am in. Yes, sir. In other words, yes, sir. in other words, everyone who feel like they're not enough, you're not salty enough or you you don't know what your purpose is. I wonder if everyone have found that answer while living in this body. I wonder if everyone attained that perfection in this body. I wonder if Christ would have died if we were already perfect. I wonder <laughs> So there's a bigger purpose. There's something that we're not seeing. There's something we're not understanding or comprehending. Yes. In other words, in the state that I am, in the state that you're in, you are the salt. As long as you stay focused on Christ. That's right. That's right. That's right. You will always be the salt because what's now being shown through you is not your flesh now no it's your spiritual self which is christ he will start to show and salt the world as we move through him he knows the right amount he's the one with the measurable hand he knows how much just like you know whenever i look at my mother and i'm like man she could cook without using a measuring spoon or nothing just throw enough salt in there just just by her heart and it will taste perfect all the time <laughs> i think of god in that same concept i think of christ in that same concept he knows just the right amount Every time. Not me. It comes with wisdom. Who is the wisest amongst us all? 
My mother only learned this because it's over time she learned it from experience, trial and error and practice day in and day out. But who has been doing it from the very beginning? Who is the creator of it all? Who knows what we need, the exact amount we need and what we are actually capable of in the state that we're in. I am not at all perfect or whole in my own strength. I'm not, I'm lacking and I may not even make it to the next day because of how much I lack. But as soon as I step into the glory, into the power of who Christ is, whatever that was lacking in me is now fulfilled within me. Period. Period. That's right. That's right. So can I be unsalted after being salty? Those are the questions. How can I be um, unsalted after being, I have how to be salted after being unsalted. These two concepts, these spectrums, these opposite ends kind of to me are the same kind of question, right? Although I am unable to do both when it comes to the principle of cooking, quote unquote, um, even understanding the salt itself, as we mentioned earlier, just the gradient of how salty or flavorful a salt is. I can't change the complexity of it or the, the, the content of it. I can't make it more or less of something. Someone who has the greatest power. That's right. right. It can change right. the state. It can make it flavorful. It can make it unflavorful. It's up to him. So think of ourselves as well of making something unflavorful. But for me, I feel that when I say when we think about ourselves, making ourselves, when we think we're doing something, I, I, I somehow don't think we understand that we are doing it because these things were already in place. That's right. But, but, but I have a question for you. I have a question. My question is not question. It's something that you say already. You say it already. And what you say, this is what you say. We have to let it go. Mm -hmm. We have to let it go. But when we do let it go, why we let it go? In other words, all our weaknesses, all our folk, all our problem, you this is what I'm thinking when you say let it go. All your difficulty, all your weakness, you have to just fade it away and leave it. Don't concentrate on it. But to whom? To whom to focus on is Christ. That's right. That's, that's, right. that's the whole point. That's right. That's right. You have to focus in the work that he did. Amen. The work that he did. But I have it, I have a devil question, you know. <laughs> I, I'm going to be a devil advocate well there. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I have to put it there because that had to inject in a way. Uh, maybe I shouldn't. Leave it alone. <laughs> Leave it alone. 
leave it alone because what about we're talking about Christ, right? Who take who take a preeminent, who take power over every problem that we have. Mm. What about those who do not have Christ? Mm. I think that's the purpose of what he says. We are the salt of the world. Is right. that's the whole point? Is that everybody can't be salt some have to be the unsalted and we are the vessels to make the perfect soup also <laughs> if he calls us the salt of the world how can we reach out to someone else if they don't recognize something in themselves in you. Oh, but, but, <laughs> well, um, yes, yes, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Because when I think of what he said to Paul, and it's almost like he's telling Paul, I'm letting you keep this, and I still want you to go out there and do the work that I called you to do. And I'm not looking at Paul as just the little thing he's talking about. I, I magnified it because his weakness is all the different type of weakness we can point at in our yeah. life, in our yeah. Right? We all have it. We all deal with it on a day-to-day. So what if Christ is telling me the same thing, Gladia, Pastor, Ricardo, that you see this thing in you? I'm leaving it. It is a weakness. This body is not going nowhere. This flesh is not going nowhere. Not anytime soon. It's going, but it's not going nowhere today. I still have to live in it and still live my purpose. I'm living a contradiction. Yes, sir. So my contradiction is not really for myself either. No. My contradiction no. does two things. It does two things. Number one. It reveals who God is. In Amen. Power. It reveals who he is. It reveals what he can do in me. It reveals how he can use me in spite of what I am. Number two. It helps somebody else see themselves in me. And then when they see themselves in me, they wonder who's in me. Cause you to live with that kind of situation. Leads them to the source. Amen. Really Amen. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. I feel that we live in this contradicted world. Like keep asking myself, God, how can I be the salt? How can I be the salt? How could you salt what's already unflavorful? Because no matter how much I'm asking to be flavored, I still feel lack. It's a it's it's a vexation of the spirit. <laughs> but uh, I would say I would say yes is a vexation of the spirit. Yes, 
And I would say no is not a vexation of the spirit. I would say yes, and I would say no. <laughs> it is yes and no question. It's a vexation, right? Because you want to be out of it, you want to be done with it, right? Yeah, but God's purpose is being fulfilled. You're not going to see that until you see I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> That's why I boast in <laughs> Well, this is why I, (laughs) that's why I said it is yes, it is no. No in the eye, yes, in the eyes of man, in the eyes of my own self, I see I'm a failure. But in the eyes of God, I am not. Here's why it's a vexation. It's a vexation because... you know what you want to do you want you know you your you feel what you want to do different but you you can't right you have this drive to do what's right and you just keep failing at it so it's a vexation in a sense where i'm bothered that i can't attain that perfection in a sense, because really that's what it is. That's what we ch- we're all trying to attain. But perfection is not tangible. Perfection, <laughs> perfection does not make sense for me. Perfection loses its flavor in a sense, if you understand what I mean. Yes, yes, yes. That Christ does not make perfection linear. He makes perfection in however he sees perfection to be. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that is the reason why what is perfect in you is not perfect in God. Amen. What is perfect in God is not perfect on me. Correct. I'm a contradiction to Christ. That's right. It's the same way that I'm living a contradicted life. I feel like I'm a contradiction to who he is. That's right. I feel like what he calls me perfect does not make sense to me. No, no, no. But then who who is talking? The question, who is talking? Who is talking? What perfect to me? Is not perfect to God. But perfect to God is not perfect to me. Who is talking? God. No. I am talking. Mm. I am talking. According to what I see, I should be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. According to what I see, I could do. To what I think I could achieve. To influence, I could do. I could do it. Correct. Not God. Correct. Correct. Not God. So that's why I found what Paul said was so much more powerful. Because he said something we all would not say. That's right. (laughs) He boasted in it. Why would I boast in something that contradicts what he's actually calling me to do? That's right. Right? To be. My purpose. 
It's almost saying like, be the salt of the world, but you're going to be unflavorful, right? <laughs> That's what it is. It's calling me the salt, but I'm unflavorful, right? It's a contradiction. It's a contradiction, but again, go back to Ricardo thought uh, way of thinking, which I think he has, it makes sense. Remember that we have a devil in us. And the devil in us is still talking. And very alive. And he's always put us down to a position to make us believe that we are inferior. He always make us believe that we are not up to date. So we are not. Go ahead. You said a, a good point, you know, that the devil in me. I I think we all sit here, we know we have the devil in us, right? Of course, right? of course. So of I course. go to God and I tell God, here is this devil in me. I want you to take it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he, he tells me. My <laughs> voice <laughs> Weakness. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm referring to. I think, I think because I, I believe the contradiction is not in God. The contradiction is our perspective. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get it. You. God speaks in matters of the spirit. So there's no lie in the spirit. The lie is in the flesh. So you said what the truth is. So when we look at what Paul and how Paul was speaking, he was no longer speaking in the flesh. No. He recognized what the flesh is. That's right. He recognized who Christ is in this flesh. In this flesh. In this flesh. Yes. Yes. This flesh has become perfect. This flesh has become purposeful. Yet, in its imperfection. So it's not about my perspective. It's about his perspective. It's about his perspective. What I may clean, no man can tell is unclean. This is Christ speaking. Amen. So for me, when I think about being the salt, the worthy salt, the salt that's not flavorful, the salt that is flavorful, that it doesn't matter which end of the spectrum that I am in, in that salt, right? What he has called me is, he said, you are the salt. And the only way that I will be made salty or flavorful is only when I abide in him. Amen. 
Oh, my dear sister, what a word, what a word, what a word. I am the soul in him. I am. You are in him. You're made perfect in him. Everything that you know about yourself is in him. Everything that you need to be is through him. So in my weakness, in my struggle, in my good, in my bad, this is my perspective. He's using all of it. As long as I abide, I will I will be purposeful. Not in the way that man think that it's supposed to be purposeful. No. Man no. Look or no. or act. No, 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 no. Everything no, 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 you no. will abide according to what he calls you to do. So when I said there is a vexation, that vexation is no longer there. It was a vexation no. of my perspective of what I saw in my flesh. But what I saw in the spirit, it makes me want to boast because I sit here and I'm like, listen, I am only here and I'm only doing this because there's one person that is keeping me and showing me who I am in spite of how I feel about myself. That's right. That's the problem. This is it. This is the freedom. Amen. This is, this is where you get the freedom. This is where the freedom coming. It's not about you. It's not about somebody else. It's about what Christ said. What about how God look at you? As you already said, Christ said, you are perfect in me. Christ said, you are perfect in me. It is them who say so, not me who say so. So my situation is to believe him, Amen. not to believe myself. God has the power to do anything and everything. He's a body of water that can bring balance to unsalty, salty spectrum, the salt spectrum. He's the neutralizer. The longer we away from him, the saltier we are, or the more we lose our saltiness. So invite right. your life to give you the perfect amount of flavor because he is the only one who can make lack of salt flavorful and saltiness to taste perfect again. It also mm. takes a person with wisdom to find their the source of their flavor, and that is Christ. I'm gonna leave you guys with Luke 14, verse 26 to 35, and it says, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. There you go. Whoever do not you. cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it, lest happily after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. 
Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth con conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land, nor yet for the dunghill, but men cast it out. He that hears has ears to hear, let him hear. Ye are the salt of the earth, is what I want to leave you guys with. I pray that you find your salt in Christ. Your salt is not going to be measured by the amount of things you do right. Because no matter how much you do right, his love doesn't change for you. Oh. Purpose doesn't change for you. Oh. It is you abiding in him that changes you. You may look the same exact person or you feel like nothing has changed. You may feel like you're fighting within yourself, but you're abiding in somebody who's using you anyway. Because you are salt and you are perfect because you're made perfect in him. May this word bless every soul that hear it. Amen. Amen. This is wonderful. This is this is wonderful. Father, this is wonderful. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your word, your understanding. Mm -hmm. Thank you for teaching us your word, Lord God, that we are the salt of the world. That those of us who seek your understanding, Lord God, to know, Lord God, that you are the one who designed and you're the one who placed Father God, you are the one who advised. You are the one who assigned us to what to what concentration we have, Lord God. We may not have our own understandings, our own continents, Lord God. We may not know what we're capable of, but you choose us. We don't choose ourselves. So with that, no. Lord God, I pray, Lord Father God, for all of us out there who do not know our purpose, do not know our strengths, who are not aware of our many uh, faults, who may be, take too much of our faults, Lord Father God. Mm -hmm. You know, Lord Father God, that you created us perfect, to be perfect, Lord God, and that our, our intention is that we are to do with, like you. We may not see it. We may not understand it. We may not even be able to, to, to comprehend it, Father mm -hmm. God. But we know, Lord Father God, it is not up to us to know these things. It is just up to us to trust in you. Amen. And let you Amen. know. Amen. Father God, I pray for all the souls out there who are lost, who are struggling. I pray, Lord Father God, that you help them find their way. I pray for many of us who are going through things, Lord God, that we cannot see, conceive ourselves an end to. But we know, Lord Father God, that you are capable of all things. And it's not be from us that we will do it, Lord God. It's not from any other person, 
Lord God, it will be through you, Lord God. And it's not for anything other than because you love us. And it's your grace and mercy, Lord Father God, that without you, we can't do it. But because of your love and grace, Lord Father God, there's nothing we can't do. Thank you for that. We ask that you continue to teach us, continue to guide us, continue to forgive us, Lord God. We know, Lord Father God, that we are always in need of forgiveness because we constantly fail. But I thank you, Lord God, because you are a loving Father and that you never, your forgiveness is always, your heart is open. Lord Father God, and no matter how many times we fall, you pick us back up. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. Pray, Lord God, that you will help all those out there who are going through these struggles and that you will get them through their troubles. Lord Father God, anybody who reads this message, Lord God, that this could be a blessing to her, to them, Lord God. We love you. We pray we honor you. We magnify your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, Thank you. Thank you. Amen. We're grateful to everyone for listening to this message. I, I felt something came in my spirit and it said, um, you're not excluded. God don't exclude anyone. In other words, he includes all of us. He wants all of us. It's up to you to choose him because he already chose you. Accept him. Accept him. And you will find the answers to things you may have never understood before. Or come to terms with things you may not have ever come to terms with. So I pray that God lead you wherever that you may be in your life and find comfort and peace in knowing him. So may the spirit of God be with all of you. Thank you for being a part of this Bible study session with us. Know that every Sunday we're here at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find us on Zoom. The link will be in the description box. If not, you can watch the replay on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash church. Or you can find us on Facebook um, and watch the replay there as well. Or on our podcast, It's In You podcast um, as well. Those links are in the description box and you can always click it and listen to the sermon on the go or watch it, um, the replay um, at any time you feel like. But if you want to participate with us live, click on the Zoom link for the following Sunday and just participate with us and ask any question. We do thank you for being here um, with us and for listening and for, you know, just taking the time to get to know what God has placed in you. And that's the most important part. The truth is in you. You just have to seek and find it and he will reveal it. So we're grateful to have you until next Sunday. Be safe and have a blessed one. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Leave us a voice message or a comment about what God has revealed in you from this week's message. And don't forget to share this episode with your friends and your family so they can have the same experience of revelation like you did. May God bless and abide in you not only today but forevermore. We love you and we can't wait to see you on our next episode. Bye-bye.